right, happy Easter, everybody. I tell you today, that's what we're going to look at, the fact that on Easter what we realize is Jesus got his life back, and he did that so we could get our life back. And it's amazing, in those words right there, you broke through my darkness, my deafness, I'm sorry, you shattered my darkness, you washed away my blindness, now I'm breathing in and breathing out again, I am alive again. You know, I don't don't think it's any um, mistake on God's part. I think it was probably very intentional to have Easter happen during the spring, right? The spring, but did we even have a winter this year, by the way? (laughs) I mean, what an amazing, amazing time to not be from Michigan, can I just say. (laughs) Yes, I am from Michigan, but I'm a Ute now, baby. So, but I I just want to say, I think it's really true. I was sitting out on my, uh, the bench in front of our home this week, and a few things hit me that are true. That every winter is followed by spring. And every storm is followed by a clear sky. And the darkness, the night, is always overcome by the dawn. And I want to tell you, there's actually real hope in that, isn't there? See, I think God has created seasons. There are certain things that we know. They, they, they come, but we have absolute hope that it's not going to end that way. You, wait, you go to bed every night, and you know the dawn's coming. I don't care how bad the storm is. You know eventually that's going to go, and the clear skies are going to come. And because of that, that brings us hope. And the truth is, I use this a lot. I, I heard a guy speak on this a few years ago, and it's been so helpful for me. To understand that there are a lot of things in life that are seasons. And when you can grasp that, it can give you hope because you go, I know we're in the midst of this right now, but I also know that it's not going to last forever. And that can give you great hope. But now let me ask you a question. How's your marriage going? Pretty good. Good. Okay, we got one good one. That's funny because in the first service, one person said, good. Good. (laughs) <laughs> the fact that the rest of you didn't, we'll do some counseling here in uh, just a moment. No, but I, uh, but I, I do, I, do, I just want to sit here for a second and think about this. We talked about this a few weeks ago. How is your marriage? Is there hope? Because sometimes we get into a relationship with somebody and it doesn't feel like a season. There's not really the assurance that what's going on right now had a beginning. There isn't an assurance that it's going to end. What about some of you who maybe wake up every morning with anxiety? And there's a heaviness. There's like a a depressive feeling every morning. You, You basically live your life with fear. Is that a season? Or is that just continuing on? What about the pattern that all of us, in some way, we're all goofy because we're human, But for some of you, what about the pattern that you've developed that keeps causing you to sabotage your relationships? And you know, this is, every time you either run away from people, or you start demanding, or you start getting really, really critical, and you do this over and over again, and you're like, I don't know if this is a season, I don't know if this is going to end, because I do this with every relationship that comes my way. What about the bitterness or the anger that's been there for years? 
And then we've got all of our addictive behaviors, right? What about those? What about the spending thing? Where I constantly live in debt. Is that a season? Is that just going to end someday? Or is it just going to continue on? What about my eating disorder, right? Like, what about the fact that everybody tells me it's diabetes? And you go, I know, but it's sugar, right? (laughs) What do you do? What about the spending? What about the sexual behaviors? Some of the stuff that you're doing that you wish you weren't doing. What about the substance, the alcohol, the drugs? See, here's here's the question. (laughs) There are some things in life that are seasons, and we know they had a beginning, and we are absolutely sure at some point this is going to end. Like, I remember that with crying babies, right? Anybody remember crying babies? Like, oh my God, this is going to end someday. (laughs) And there's hope in that. But I feel like there's some other stuff inside of us. And my guess is that some of you have walked in here today. And I just sat and I tried to think of so many of the different things that I don't know if this is a season. This seems to be like my life. And then we start asking the question, and some of you walked in here today, is there hope? Is there hope for my marriage? Is there hope for my own person? My own addictive behaviors? See, it, it, is it a season, or does it feel like it's actually bringing destruction? And what I realize is there's a difference between winter to spring and death. Right? There's a difference. So I sit out, and I was sitting there, and I was looking out my front. We have this really beautiful Rose of Sharon kind of small tree, and all the blooms are budding. You know, they're, they're starting to come up on the tree. And I'm like, sure enough, man, you've been ugly all winter, but you're going to be glorious, right? It's a season. And then right next to it is a Japanese maple that's just kind of going, you know. I mean, it just looks dead. And it's a really different hope that I have for the Rose of Sharon than I do for my Japanese maple. See, because death isn't a cycle. It's not a season. It's final. It does ultimately destroy. And when death happens, it's over. And some of us, my hope for you today is that if you feel like you're in a situation, either within your own heart, if you feel like there's stuff inside of you, if this doesn't change, it's not a season, then I'm going to destroy either this relationship or my job or my body or my reputation. Can I just say something? What does Easter say? Because what Easter says is death, that which is final, is actually followed by resurrection. That the strongest, most permanent destruction has been destroyed. And if he can defeat death, here's the greatest news, if Jesus can defeat death, then he can overcome anything. And I'm telling you, he can overcome anything in your life. Is that good news? And I want to tell you, that is the hope that comes with Easter. Why? Why can he overcome anything? Well, in Acts chapter 2, verse 22, this is like right after the resurrection happened and, G- and Peter gets up and he's sharing this sermon. And you got, again, you got to remember, this is, this is Peter, right? This is the guy who totally denied Jesus, his best friend. And he denied him. And he was scared to death. He was the guy who was hiding from everybody else who had just killed his Lord. And now he's standing in front of all of them and he says this, fellow Israelites, listen to this. Jesus of Nazareth was a man accredited by God to you by miracles, wonders, and signs, 
which God did among you through him as you, you yourselves know. See, and this is what's crazy, you guys. So you guys know this. You saw Jesus do miraculous stuff. You saw him heal people. You saw him walk, you know, uh, feed people, uh, thousands of people with loaves of bread. You saw him do, um, cast demons out of people. Guys, this is really important to understand. That just because Jesus did miraculous stuff, that didn't change them. And it wasn't Jesus' teaching either that changed everybody. His apostles didn't even change his apostles. They listened to his teaching for three years, and they still didn't get it. They saw miracle after miracle, and they still didn't get it. Peter goes on, he says this, This man was handed over to you by God's deliberate plan and foreknowledge, and you, with the help of wicked men, put him to death by nailing him to the cross. But God raised him from the dead, freeing him from the agony of death, because it was impossible for death to keep its hold on him. Isn't that awesome? Now why is that? Why was it impossible? For death to hold a man who had just died. And that's because death is a consequence of sin. The only reason death exists is because there's sin. And sin is this thing that we do where it keeps us, we walk away from God. We don't follow God. We separate ourselves from Him. And if we ultimately live a whole life of separation from God, then you die and it's over. So here's Jesus in his physical body. He dies, but once he's down there, death can't hold him down. And the reason it couldn't hold him down is because he had no sin. So he dies, and then the very thing that's supposed to keep him separated from God, he doesn't have anything. He had no sin, so he was able to rise from the dead. And yeah, you can go ahead. We had, you can celebrate this, man. I was... I was thinking this morning, I'm like, you know, greeting people as they came in. How you doing? I'm like, all right, how you doing? Good. good." And then it just hit me. It's like, I want to tell you, man, um, on this day, if you haven't thought about it, if you meditate on this day, this is just a good day. Even in the midst of death. And I want to, I hype my hope for all of you here today. Thank you so much for joining us. My hope is that you'll walk out of here with a new hope, no matter what's going on in your life. Because here's what you need to understand. Everything that's causing you to struggle, everything that's working to destroy your relationships or your own heart or your own freedom, Jesus was tempted with every one of those things and he never gave in. He absolutely conquered the power of the sin that destroys us. And because he was in, in the, in the evidence of that is his resurrection. This is why Easter is so important. Because the resurrection shows us a couple things. It was so fun yesterday just sitting with my kids outside and I just asked them, it's like, do you guys know why the resurrection is actually really important? Do you guys know why the resurrection is important? Let me just give you a couple things. Number one, it tells us that this was no mere man. It is the evidence for us that Jesus Christ really was who he said he was. He was the son of God. But today what we're looking at is the reason the resurrection is so important is you now can know there was someone who never sinned and because of that he has risen from the dead and he's alive today. And here's the best news. What that means is there is no state of your heart that is not redeemable. 
There's nothing inside of you that can't be redeemed. There is no sin that you have done that is unforgivable. Can I get an amen on that one? There is no brokenness that is not capable of being healed. And I'm telling you, whatever you walked in here, your burden, your sense, your fear that what you're going through is not just a season, but that it's literally destroying you. The resurrection of Jesus Christ tells you there is a power to give you life over what's causing you to experience death right now. He got his life back so you can get your life back. All right? So let me pray. And then we're just going to dive through. I'm going to show you the beauty of the scripture so that you can walk out of here free and encouraged. Right? Let's pray. Father, thank you for every person who's in this room. My guess is there might be some people here who have never been in these doors before. Here at K2, it's very normal to have people walk in here and say, I've never been in church before. Lord, for those of us who've known you but certainly aren't feeling like we experience you, here's what I know. You know every struggle in every heart in this room. And you know those God who walked in today without hope. They don't feel like what they're going through is a season. They feel like it's ultimately going to destroy. And I pray that on this Easter Sunday that you would speak this beautiful truth, make it clear, make it make sense, help us to grasp the reality of what it means that Jesus Christ has risen from the dead. And I pray for it in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. 1 Peter 1, 3, and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. In His great mercy, He has given us new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. And I just want to tell you, and into an inheritance that can never perish, spoil, or fade. Those first phrase, a living hope. You guys, the the resurrection of Jesus should give everyone in this room, once we grasp it, a living hope, no matter what we're going through. Revelation 1, 17 through 18, John sees this revelation of Jesus, and Jesus says this to him, Do not be afraid. I am the first and the last. I am the living one. I was dead, and now look, I am alive forever and ever. And you know what's so cool, you guys? This, what Jesus says right there, that is the story that God wants to write with every single one of us. The fact that Jesus was dead and is alive again, the whole reason Christ came was so that you could experience the same type of story. And God wants to write right now into your story. You might be sitting there and going, oh my God, this is the last page of this chapter. It's going to be over. And I want to tell you, Jesus is coming and saying, oh, dude, I'm not even halfway through the book. I am writing your story. This is what God wants every person's story to be. Ephesians 2, 1 says this, as for you, you were dead in your transgressions and sins. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ. Even when we were dead in our transgressions, it is by grace you have been saved. And this is what I hope for you. As Jesus says, look at me, I was, I was, I was dead and I am alive. Can I tell you something? If he could just stand here on the stage, he would say, and you are dead too. But because of God's great love for you, he made you alive you can get your life back. Now, what is this living hope? 
What is this living hope that is ours in Christ Jesus? Romans 5, I'm going to do a little bit of kind of a remembrance for those of you who've been with us the last month or so. Kind of, do, kind of recall some things that we've been learning, okay? Romans chapter 5. Now this one isn't up on the screen. This just happens to be my favorite passage, I think, in all the scripture. What is the hope that God wants to give you today? In Romans 5, 5, it says this. Hope does not disappoint us because God has poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. See, hope doesn't disappoint us because what God wants you to know, I'm going to pour my love into your heart. And what we looked at these last few weeks is, listen to this. You see, at just the right time, when you were powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous man, though for a good man, someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While you were still sinning, Christ died for you. Now, do you guys understand? Do you hear that? He's poured his love inside your heart. And so here right now, you're, you're sitting in here and you're going, man, I feel dead. I feel separated. I, I, I don't know if this is going to work. And, and, and you just go, it feels like it might be complete destruction. And this is kind of weird, but Jesus goes, sweet. Because I love to take things that are dead and make them alive. This is what he does. And he dies for you. He pours his love. The hope for you is that God loves you right now in your mess. Please, man, if I could tell you anything today. Some of you walked in here and just go, I just don't think there's any way that God could love me. Not with where I'm at right now. Not with what I'm doing. And I want to tell you, the Bible tells us just the different. It's absolutely opposite of all human love you've ever experienced. God looks at your mess and he says, perfect. Just as I died and rose again to new life, though you feel like you're dead, I can bring life to you. And then he says this, if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, how much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? And this is what Jesus is saying to you guys. Reconciliation means what? I'm going to restore. I'm going to bring you back. You can get your life back. Now, what we talked about here is he says this. If when you were God's enemies, you were reconciled. Now, some of you might be sitting here and going, I don't feel like I'm an enemy of God. What does that mean? What does the Bible say I'm, a, I'm an enemy? And we talked about this a few weeks ago. When he says that you're enemies in your minds, all that means is you're in opposition in your mind to God. And here's how this works. Every one of us as a human being at some level or another says to God, you know what? I don't trust you. I don't trust you. I really don't believe that you're good, and I don't believe that you love me. And what God is saying, here's the problem. As soon as we doubt his love for us, then we become enemies in our minds because now we say, now I can do it, and I'm going to show you that I'm valuable and I'm worthy. And so the next thing you know, instead of trusting God and doing what he wants, every human being is trying to go out and prove that they're actually worthy to be loved. And this is what we talked about. This is so messy because now it's up to you to show everybody and to show yourself that you're worthy of love. And you know how you're trying to, get to, to, to know for sure that you are? It's based on how everybody else responds to you. And now our value is, to be, is determined by how well you perform and people's opinions of you. 
And I want to tell you what, man, that becomes messy. Then he says what? If we've been reconciled through his death. Well, what happens, you guys, the next thing is we start engaging in really destructive and malignant behavior. The Bible just says all sin, you guys, it's just behavior that we do that's bad. It's, and the reason it's malignant and destructive is because it's not of God. And so I, I, a few weeks ago, let me just share these real quick. Four things, different behaviors that all of us do that put us into this place of destruction. The first is, many of us in this room, you're striving. Instead of just knowing that you're valuable and loved by God, you're striving to show everybody else that you are. And I want to tell you, man, this is so true in the religious world, isn't it? Please don't raise your hands. But how many of you are religiously striving? How many of you are trying to show God that you're good enough? I want to tell you what, how fun is that? That's just death right there. I would say one of the most destructive things on this planet are people who are trying to prove to God that they're good enough. And then you strive, and, and then let's just throw the religion out the door. If you don't believe in God at all, many of us are still striving to be successful, to be beautiful, to be funny, to be to whatever it is, so that the world will actually tell us that we have value. And I want to tell you what, this is destructive because many of us, that is just stressful. And it is stress and anxiety that's destroying people physically even right now. So some of you are striving because you're saying, I can do this. Now the other half of us are doing what? We're withdrawing. Because instead of saying we can do it, we're the ones who say, I can't do this. And when you say, I can't do it, then what you do is you withdraw. And so there's so many of you in this room, you haven't taken a risky step to do anything that you really wish you would do with, the, with your life. Some of you have never engaged in an intimate relationship with another human being. You totally withdraw from people because you're scared to death that they might find out who you really are. See, this is both those behaviors are not good. They bring destruction, striving, and withdrawing. A third behavior is judging. Because as soon as it's based on performance, if we're really good at it, we look at everybody else and we go, hey, you're not as good as me. Can we just talk about one of the greatest problems in the world today? is the judgment that we have on each other. And then if you're not very good, well now you're just envious of the person who is good. And now you've got bitterness and anger. Isn't this a great world that we live in? <laughs> it's messed up. And it's destroying us. Striving, withdrawing, judging. And then I, I called the last one this. And that is compromise. Because here's what I know. When you don't feel loved, when you don't know for sure that you are, there can be such an emptiness and such a pain inside that this is when we start numbing it with other things. And there's not one of us in this room who isn't guilty of this. And the next thing that happens is you start compromising the person that you really want to be. And you look in the mirror and you go, why in the world am I do this? And this is the stuff we try to hide from others. We numb these things by eating. Some of you know it, man. It's like half a gallon of ice cream, bring it on, right? Because that feels good. And you eat, even though you know you shouldn't. Some of you, it's spending. 
You love, you, you're buying so much stuff and you're shopping because somehow that makes you feel better. Some of you are involved in sexual stuff, sexual pleasures that you're trying to hide from the rest of the world, but for some reason you can't stop yourself because it just, it, it's really weird and scientifically they show that the pleasure centers that happen through sexual stuff bring such a great, it, it just, it relieves you from the pain that you feel, from the rejection that happens. Alcohol and drugs, all of these things. And this is when we get to this point. This isn't a season. I don't have a hope anymore. My relationships are falling apart. I'm falling apart. My body's falling apart. My soul's falling apart. And here's what I want. Can I just say something to you today? Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Happy Easter! This is it. Because on this day... What you finally realize, once you grasp it, is you are loved and you can get your life back. And let's talk about, I'm just going to give you two things here as, as we go through this, the rest of this message. There are two ways that you can know this. Number one is how, where the living hope is this. There is freedom through forgiveness. There is freedom through forgiveness. And here's what I know. I know this. Some of you walked in this room today and every single day, you live with regret over what you've done in your past. Some of you walked in here today, and you have so much shame, and you have so much guilt, and it leads to a heaviness and a sense of condemnation. And I just want to tell you right now, ma'am, you need to get your life back. Because when you are not free, and you're living controlled by your past, those chains are bounding, binding you down. And I want to tell you today, there is hope. And there's not one of you in this room who needs to live another single day with regret for your past. And that is the truth. See, it got louder. And it, so listen to that. Okay, listen. We good here? All right, Romans 3, 23. All have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God, and all are justified freely by his grace through the redemption that came by Christ Jesus. That is such a great verse. So, so for all of us, it's so funny because I know some of you, you actually walk into church and you look around and you go, God, these are the people who have their life together. <laughs> okay, more of you should have just started laughing right then. Because the truth, and, and no, but it's really weird to me. I talk to people and they say, man, I come to K2 and it just seems like the people have their act. I'm like, are you kidding? Just hang out just for a little while. And if you've been here, you know, man, for 10 years, what we've been saying is K2 is the church for the messed up people. All right? And, 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 but, I'm, and I'm not, but I'm not like kidding. I mean it. Because this is what's true. All have sinned. Every single one of us have stuff. And so, but, I, and, but look at this. And then verse 24, and all are justified. Colossians 1, 13 and 14. For God has rescued us from the dominion of darkness, and he's brought us into the kingdom of the Son that he loves, in whom we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. See, now in both of these words, in both of these verses, the key word is there's redemption. And we don't really understand that at its core today, but let me just share with you really quickly what that means. Every one of us, what the Bible tells us is that every human being was created by God and we were created for him. 
We find our life when we're in relationship with God. But all of us got lost through sin. And the Bible tells us, because sin again is, I'm not going to trust you, God. I'm going to trust me. I'm not going to love you, God. I'm going to love me, and I'm going to do my own thing. And you guys need to understand, when you don't walk with God and you do your own thing, it separates you from God. And then the Bible says, we actually become slaves to sin. And this is why almost, well, I think if anybody would say you don't do this, that'd be weird. But I think this is why every human being looks in the mirror and goes, why can't I be the person that I want to be? This is when the Bible says, why do I do the thing that I don't want to do? And why can't I do the thing that I want to do? And what the Bible says is because you become a slave to sin. Now, in that culture, if you were a slave, if somebody had either kidnapped you or if you were a prisoner of war, and all of a sudden you were, you were in captivity of some sort, there was this deal called redemption. And somebody could go and they could make a payment. And so if you were a prisoner of war, a slave, then the original country could come, make a payment, and buy you back. They could redeem you. And so what the Bible is saying is, that's what Jesus Christ did. Jesus Christ said, listen, I know you're a slave to sin. I know you can't stop doing the stuff that you're doing. And yes, sin leads to death. But I have overcome sin, and I came, and this is what Good Friday was all about. Basically, on Jesus Christ, when he was on the cross, since the payment for sin is separation from God, it's death. It's almost like the master who's holding you says, hey, listen, this person deserves to die, and if they're not going to die, then the payment is somebody else must die in their place. And that's where Jesus Christ comes in. And he looks at every one of you in this room, and he says, I love you so much that I will put my life on the line and I will give it up and die so that you never have to. You guys, this is the greatest news. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And what's the next thing? And all are justified freely by his grace through redemption. So what's this saying? You guys, this is so important. Please listen to me. When Jesus Christ died on the cross, he died for the whole world. The payment has been made for every human being. That means that every one of you in this room, you are already completely redeemed. He's already paid the price for every single one of you. All of you have sinned, all of us have sinned, and all of us are freely justified because of what Jesus Christ did for us. And that is the greatest news in all the world. So Colossians 1.22 says this, Now... He has reconciled you. He's brought you back. You were lost, wandering, and on your own, captive to sin. He reconciled you by Christ's physical body through death to present you holy in his sight, without blemish, and free from accusation. And I don't know, I don't know you guys. Can I just tell you, though, if Jesus himself could stand on this stage... He knows everything you've ever done. He knows every regret that you have. He knows everything that you're hiding from everyone else around you that you wish you would be able to stop doing. 
And Jesus would look at you and he would say, I have already died for you. You can be completely forgiven. Your debt has been paid. So can I just ask you a quick, can I just tell you, by the way, this is really good news. Anybody know this? I'm telling you, man, I'm a sinner. Anybody else a sinner? Okay. And I am so grateful that all my sin has been paid for by Jesus. So if you're here today and you need to be free through forgiveness from God, what do you do? I love it. In Peter's sermon, right after he, he, he says this in Acts chapter 2, when the people heard this, they were cut to the heart and they said to Peter and the other apostles, brothers, what do we have to do? And I just want to ask you, if you're here today and you're like going, what do I got to do to no longer fear my past, to no longer feel like it bounds me and that I can't be free? Peter says this, simply repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins. What's repent mean? It simply means you've been living this way. You've been following your own heart. You're trusting yourself. You're not doing what God wants you to do. He, you, there are other things that are more important to you than him. And when you repent, you finally realize, you go, God, I am so sorry that I have not been following you. And you turn and you say, I want to follow you. I want to trust you. And he says, as soon as you repent, you receive the forgiveness of your sin. You guys, you don't get forgiven by trying to be good. That is baloney. I want to say things. That, uh, that's baloney from the pit of hell is what it is. So that's because you know we're going to eat baloney in hell, right? Um, or that pickled junk, whatever that stuff is. No, the, the message that you have to be good enough to get God to love you and to forgive you is a lie from the pit of hell. The truth is, he's already forgiven you. And you just have to receive him. And he will set you free. Some of you need freedom through forgiveness. God loves you so much. He would die for you. But here's the cool thing. There's forgiveness, but the hope doesn't stop there. It actually even gets better. The verse here says, For if while we were God's enemies, we were reconciled to him through the death of his son, and I'm the first to say, thank you, God, for, for rescuing me, for reconciling me back, for giving me my life back. But then he goes on to say, How much more, having been reconciled, shall we be saved through his life? So in other words, forgiveness from sin, that's good. Anybody, I'm thankful. Thank you, God. But that's like, oh, but that's nothing. See, that would be like God saying, hey, I totally forgive you, but you're just going to have to keep doing the stuff that destroys your life. What kind of God would that be? But what he's saying is, no, you don't have to keep doing it. Not only do I completely forgive you that you never have to fear, I also now am going to give you the gift of the Holy Spirit. That's what Peter said. He said, if you repent and receive forgiveness, then, then listen to this, then you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. The promise is for you and your children and all who are far off. And I just want to tell you, I know some of you today, you're like going, man, I feel so far from God, I can't even believe I'm in here. I've, I've, had, I've, I've had more than one person tell me, I can't come to church, Dave, because if I did, the building would catch on fire. <laughs> and I think they really think it would. <laughs> but what he's saying is, if you are far off from God, the promise is, I died for you too. 
And so you receive forgiveness and then you receive the Holy Spirit. And this, you guys, is the happy Easter. The resurrection of Jesus Christ means that he is alive now to impart his very life to us, to empower us to live the life that we were meant to be. See this, in talking with my kids last night, it was like, think about this. If Jesus had just died like every other human being and never rose from the dead, then what do we got? Nothing. But the truth of Jesus' resurrection is what made these men give up their lives and die to let the world know God came here, took care of your sin, reconciled you, bought you back so you could get your life back. He's alive right now to help you, to empower you over those things. You are not just forgiven. You are not just forgiven. You can live with no more striving, no more hesitating or withdrawing, no more judging, and no more compromising. I was telling you, it was so fun. I was talking this through with Susie, and during that time, one of our kids was in the kitchen, and they'd been doing all these kind of like cool, funky, scientific experiments, you know, making junk and all that. It's just, it's been fun. And Susie uh, all of a sudden yelled in and goes, are you doing anything that could, that could blow up in your face? And they replied back, no, but do you have any sunglasses? <laughs> And I just thought, that's so perfect. I'm sitting there going, okay, what's going on in there? Here's what I think is the case. I think God is yelling to us, hey, are you doing anything that could blow up in your face? And we're like, no. But do you have any sunglasses, God? Do you have anything that can kind of protect me? Just in case it does. And I want to tell you what, man. There is power through his presence. There is power. Okay. There is a power to help every one of us in this room to no longer have to succumb to the destructive things, to the things that aren't seasons, but to the things that are literally taking us down, ruining our marriages, ruining our bodies physically, robbing us of our peace, there's power. Romans 6, 4, just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life. This is Jesus' hope for you and for me. Romans 8, 11, if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead is living in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because, why? Because of his spirit who's inside of you. You guys, I just want to tell you, Christianity, too, has become so man-made. There's a lot of religion that creeps into Christianity, but I want to tell you, it is the most spiritual thing that you could ever run into because what God did through Jesus Christ why the resurrection matters is because Jesus rose from the dead so that he could give us his spirit. And it is only Jesus' spirit, the power of him, that was able to overcome sin. And the beauty of Easter is that once you're forgiven, he also gives you the Holy Spirit. And now you will never go through a never moment of another day without God there to walk with you.
And remember this, hope doesn't disappoint us because God poured his love into our hearts through the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. And I want to tell you today, I believe with all my heart, the power that comes through the Holy Spirit living inside of us, it is the power of love. So cue Huey Lewis right now, right? Okay, that was supposed to be funnier than that, but maybe you guys aren't as old as me, don't know that song. Here's what, here, let me just close with this. Because of Easter, I can know that I'm loved. I can know that I'm loved. I can now trust God. I can repent and turn to him and say, I trust you. And when I do, I receive his forgiveness and his spirit. And I know for me, you guys, I am so human, just like all of you. If you come here, I hope you know that I try to be as honest as I can. But here's what the Holy Spirit does say to me. David, you don't have to strive anymore. David, Nelson, stop it. You're withdrawing again. You're hesitating again. You're avoiding tough situations again. You don't have to do that. You're judging. You're compromising. You're going off into stuff that's going to, that yes, feels good, but you know you'd be so ashamed if anybody knew you were doing it. And what the Holy Spirit does is come inside of us and say, you don't have to strive. Rest. I love you. You don't have to withdraw. Risk it. Because even if it fails with another human being, who gives a rip? I love you. You don't have to judge anybody else or fear anybody's judgment towards you. Because God says, there is no judgment. I don't condemn you. Who cares what anybody else thinks? And you don't have to compromise because I will give you everything for your enjoyment. I'm telling you, you can know you're loved and it will change the way you live your life. And then secondly, not only can you know that you're loved, now you can love. God poured his love into your heart so that now you can actually love. You know what Easter does, you guys? Is, is, is the Bible just makes it very clear. If some of you are struggling to follow God, you just can't follow him, the Bible says, well, of course you can't follow him. You actually need a new heart, and you need my spirit inside of you. And when you receive the Holy Spirit, he gives you a new heart that actually wants to follow God. And so if you're someone right now saying, man, I just keep doing the wrong thing over and over again, then get the spirit of God inside of you who can start giving you the power to stop. And we can finally love each other. Now, here's what I want to say. <laughs> We're going to talk a whole lot more about this. I've been walking with Jesus for over 30 years. And I, one of the most frustrating things to me is I don't look more like him. I wish I looked more like him than I do right now. <laughs> one of the most frustrating things to me is, why don't I look more like Jesus? But I want to tell you, man, I'm learning a ton. And he wants to set every one of us free. So for the next eight weeks... We're going to talk about how to get your life back. Because there's some things we need to learn. The truth is, our sins are forgiven. The truth is, the Holy Spirit's living inside of me. I have everything I need for life and godliness. The power is in me. I just don't know how to tap into it. You just need to learn how to tap into it. Would you guys join me? For the next eight weeks, we're going to go for it. And we're going to try to figure out and learn how God can really empower us so that we live free lives, loving lives that make a difference in this world forever. Now, can I just say one last time to you guys? Happy Easter! Happy Easter! Happy Easter!
Man, if you're a Christian today, please remember today. All your sins are done, man. Quit buying the lie. Because the enemy will keep telling you, you loser, there's no way God could love you. That's baloney from hell. That's my new word, baloney from hell. Because I can get away with saying that and not get in trouble. But I want to tell you, if you're a Christian today, all your sins are forgiven. If you're a Christian today, the Holy Spirit's inside of you. And if you're not today, if you're not today, you could receive forgiveness. And you could receive the Spirit of God. Jesus rose from the dead so he could live inside you. And as the band comes up, let me just say one more time. Winter does turn into spring. Storms are always followed by clear skies. Every night is always overcome by the dawn. And you need to know right now that death is always conquered by resurrection. And if you have stuff that's destroying you right now, the resurrected Jesus Christ is ready to live inside of you and empower you to be free. That is the hope of Easter. And there's hope for every one of you, no matter what you're going through, if you'll receive him. Jesus did get his life back, so you could get yours back. Now I want to tell you, man, we're going to end by just singing to him. Some of you are going, I don't know about you, man, first service I was like, man, just shut up and just sing, right? Because once you grasp this, you just want to tell God, thank you so much. And this first song, uh, about six weeks ago, I was driving back from here to my home, and as soon as I heard the song on the radio, it was like, man, I didn't even know it, but I was just screaming it out. It's unbelievable. It's called, because it just tells us, I've been made new. And this is going to give us a chance to celebrate with the fact that God came in the flesh in Jesus Christ so that every one of us could live a new life. So let's stand together and let's celebrate and let's worship our risen Savior who loves us with his very life.